Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Tri Bourne and Travis Mawarder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We're back here on another Monday at our Bourne on the Beach studios. we got to get an official name for it, I think. Oh, yeah. Bourne on the Beach studios is cool. It's a good start. I think so. Well, we'll get, I think we got to get like a sign to go on the table. Oh, yeah. For our pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, but today we have Miss Gina Urango, another Trojan. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's going on? No, not much. Good to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, USC's been a popular topic on the podcast here. We had been, Kelly, she's a Trojan. Yeah. Our host is a Trojan. We had April's a Trojan. So three of our six guests have been our USC alums. I wasn't trying to do that, but it just naturally happened. It kind of worked out that way. I mean, you look at like the beach program wins national championships every single year. And actually, you're sort of like the, the pioneer of the beach program in a way, um, uh, being the first scholarship recipient, right? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was definitely the cherry on top to my collegiate career, being able to get to play that that one year in the first year that it was a collegiate sport. So, yeah, it was a I was kind of jealous, I feel like, because me and Gina were the same year at SC, both playing indoor. Beach isn't even a thing, but we both had kind of a beach background, right? And we had similar roles on the teams. And then, uh, yeah, you get last year you get to like stay home and be the first beach player uh, for USC or kind of like the leader of that group. And I went overseas. I mean, it was fun to go overseas, but I was, I was kind of jealous. If there was beach volleyball for guys, would you have played beach instead of indoor? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. We don't have probably we for don't sure have beaches in Baltimore, so yeah. <laughs> I was sticking with basketball, cornfield, uh, volleyball. Yeah, we have our uh, we play a lot of golf. Golf, there you go. <laughs> Golf and cow tipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but how's your, how's your off-season been? It's been a lot of fun. Um, my whole thing is, like, traveling is a huge passion of mine. So as soon as the season ended, I was like, I need to get out, decompress a little bit. And, um, yeah, so I have been traveling here and there. Been home for a little bit, but um, getting into the winter season, going to – Go on some snowboarding trips too. So oh I'm hell yeah! What what are the best slopes for snowboarding? I've skied. I've probably skied like three or four times in my life, all in high school, and I'm shocked that I didn't get a concussion at any point. Balance sports have just never been for me. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I uh, have a trip coming up soon in Breckenridge, Colorado, and then I'm gonna go to Tahoe for New Year's too. But last year I did the two best places I did were Whistler, Canada, which was beautiful, yeah. amazing. And then Sun Valley, Idaho is a, definitely a hidden gem. Yeah. Dope. I'm about to go to Big Bear in, I think, two weeks. And I'm debating trying to ski again, but there's a pretty likely chance I come back with, like, torn ACL or concussion. <laughs> <laughs> Just start on the bunny slopes. Yeah. I, I mean, I've probably been as many, as many times as you have, but I grew up surfing, so it's a little different. True. And so you, I know you like traveling, and you went to Iceland over this past off season, right? I did. Yeah, what was yeah. that like? That was it was unreal. I so actually I flew straight from Chicago to Iceland. Oh, that's it was awesome. great because my dad traveled to Chicago, so I like he he brought his or my luggage with all of my Iceland gear, and then I brought my beach gear, and yeah. then we swapped before I traveled over. Go there. from a beach volleyball tournament to Iceland. <laughs> right, you weren't, yeah. didn't, bikinis didn't really right. transfer. Yeah, no, it it was great though. It was. Absolutely beautiful. The most untouched piece of land I think I'll ever see in my life. And it's so many different types of terrains. Like you've got volcanoes and glaciers and icebergs and geothermal area, areas and fjords and waterfalls. It, yeah, it was crazy. Is it, awesome. is it uh, really, is there a lot of greenery there? Super or? green. And I heard this fact that like back in the day, you know, when they were making the first maps of the world, they accidentally switched the name of Greenland and Iceland, um. so Iceland was supposed to be Greenland, and Greenland was, you know, but I don't know. It's mo it's super green, though, surprisingly. Yeah, I heard that Sounds in awesome. Mighty Ducks, actually, where they said, because they were playing, I think they were playing Iceland, uh -huh. right, and, and they were always talking about how Iceland would be super cold, but it's like, Iceland is green, and Greenland is full of ice, Right. and yeah. so Mighty Ducks has taught me at least one fact. <laughs> <laughs> That movie has raised a lot of children, I feel like. They've, they've learned like all their... Ducks, Space Jam, Sandlot. Oh, yeah, Sandlot, like Any for sure. 90s baby, like, those have to be in the top five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Angels in the Outfield. Oh, that was a great movie. 
What, what was it? You mentioned like the Iceland gear. What were your, the Iceland gear did you have to bring? I have no idea like what right. the weather over there would be like. Right. Well, we were there um, just at the end of their summer too. So the highest temperature was like low 50s at night. It got in the low 40s. But I mean, right now. That's not terrible. No, it, was, it wasn't bad at all. Um, there were, it was pretty windy in certain spots. So the wind chill factor was an issue. But for the most part, I just wore kind of like layered up a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you were to go right now, it's like. They get sunlight for a few hours a day, and it's freezing oh, and snowing. So depressing. So, so you got it at the right time. Yes. And then on our <laughs> last night there, it was amazing. We got to see the northern lights. So we'd been waiting our whole trip, and right now is the season for it. So we were there right at the beginning of the um, the northern light season, and it was pretty spectacular. Did you go with other players? So I, I went with my, uh, my best friend, Emily. Uh, we grew up playing together, and we went to USC together, and then... Uh, uh, Bree Moreland is also one of my good friends, and she came from Chicago as well. So she had played in Chicago and flew over with us. That's sweet. That's the way to do it. Yeah. What are your What have been some of the other past off season expeditions? Um, well, let's see. Last winter, um, I went to Europe with one of my good friends, Chelsea, and then April came with us too, and we went to Amsterdam, Berlin, Paris, London. Uh, it's a full trip. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun trip. We were visiting some friends over there playing, and um, and then also just kind of seeing those. Par- I mean, Paris is one of my favorite places too. And That's then, one one of the countries I haven't been to yet. I've been like everywhere really? in Europe. I haven't been to France yet. Oh wow, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> if there hasn't been a tournament there, I have basically haven't been there oh, except man. for when I went to Bali for my honeymoon. Right, that was like yeah. my first real vacation. <laughs> I think the most impressive part of that is you got April Ross to take a vacation. She was telling, know, me, yeah. she was telling us last yeah. week that she just she can't mentally like take a vacation. She, right. she always gets too antsy and needs to start playing again. Yeah. No, it was a great trip and it was a lot of fun. It's just kind of nice to disconnect for a little bit and not just from volleyball, but like technology too, like your phone yeah. or whatever, and just be present and get to see cool places and all that. Yeah. And so when do you, I guess, when do you start getting antsy? to play volleyball again because everyone always has like a different timeline of of when to start practicing and playing again right um it was interesting like I think about two seasons ago right when the season ended it was the first time in my life where I felt like not not physically of course you need breaks here and there and you got to listen to your body but like mentally it was like wow I want to take a break from volleyball I want to separate myself like just kind of find my passion for it again and um I mean I've always I've never lost it per se but it's just it was the first time where I was like okay I need to separate a little bit and but I I'd say like right now especially like this off season I'm still playing a ton but it's not necessarily like drilling or um reps but just kind of keeping my sand legs playing with a bunch of different people and having fun with that and um but I know like once the new year comes around, I'll start to get a little bit more into it. But it's definitely like you got to take a little bit of a mental break in that aspect. Pers- like personally, I do. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I, I, I would do the same kind of thing where off season, I'm like super antsy to play, but not to like go into it like with my season mindset. So I'd like, I mean, I go to Hawaii every off season. So I just go and like, even if I'm playing on the baby, even if I'm playing ace with the boys on the baby court, it's like I'm touching the ball, but doing it for fun rather than like, for work it's just such a different type of practice yeah just like mentally it's not and it ho- stressful. it's refreshing it's yeah. like oh yeah i forgot i love this game because it's fun for me not just because i want to super extremely competitive or whatever you know i forgot that we can just enjoy being at the beach instead, yeah. instead <laughs> yeah. of always just working on something yeah, yeah exactly yeah and so i mean you've you've grown up playing volleyball you're a two-time cif champ at los alamitos right mm-hmm. and then at usc you played four years well five Really, because you had four indoor and then one on the beach, and right. then you jumped straight into the AVP. So, has there ever been like any cause of burnout at all, or is it just always been just volleyball's been awesome the whole way through? Yeah, well, I think growing up, I kind of had that balance of, you know, during the school year, I'd be playing indoor, and then I'd get to take a break from that, and then in the summertime, I'd go play pickup in Huntington Beach all day and stuff like that. But I, I know right after I finished at USC, I actually did take a little bit of a break. Um, and I was going through kind of like that, you know, early to mid 20 crisis of like, who am I? Do I want to be playing? Like, how do I For every beach volleyball player. That's what I'm going through right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's hard. And it's, you know, finding that identity aside from your sport is a big thing that I think a lot of athletes go through. And I definitely went through that a little bit. 
Um, but I was lucky enough to get back introduced into the sport again. Like, um, yeah. you know, we, I had interned for the AVP in my sophomore year of college and which was what year? It was 2009. So it was, okay. yeah, it was right around <clears throat> before the AVP, you know, went bankrupt. And so after I'd take, I'd kind of taken a year off post college from volleyball and I get this call from Al Lau, who at that time I'd been interning for when I was there. And he said, hey, we're creating this new position. Like, we think you'd be perfect for it because I studied digital marketing and stuff in school. And he's like, we need somebody to help us with, like, our social media website. And I was like, this is great. You know, this is, like, I've been looking for something to do, something to work for. And it's a job and volleyball. Exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. And so I went in and I took the job right away. And um, my first day on the job, I get called into Donald's office and just to kind of like meet and greet him and stuff. And he's like, yeah, so you're going to play too, right? And I was like, what? I was like, I can play. You know, I didn't even think about playing. I hadn't even, like, didn't even think that was an option. You probably thought it was opposite. Like, I have to hide the fact that, like, I actually want to play. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Because I need to be focused on this job, right? Yeah, so it was... It was really awesome that he said that, and those just that one sentence that he said to me just sparked it. And I started playing, and then I realized, like, this is still a huge passion of mine, and I need to pursue this more. And so, you know, I worked for the AVP for about a year and a half, and then I had to part ways and really just focused on the volleyball side of things. And, you know, I've been lucky to get to where I am and have, you know, I Kashi Walmer is... Um, my manager and she's helped me a lot with like sponsors and stuff so it's been I feel really lucky to be where I'm at and not thinking like looking back like I would have never expected to be where I am then yeah I think you're super lucky in the sense that you started by understanding the business of beach volleyball and the marketing side of it because I mean I know for um from my experiences that I came in and not knowing crap and I had, and I went kind of straight to the top with getting picked up with Hayden and stuff. And you think like you come in as a young player, like, okay, if I win, then I'm going to get sponsors and I'm going to make a lot more money across the entire platform. It's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't just come like flowing to you after you win a little bit. So I, you know, we're making finals and playing with Hayden. I think we even won, uh, we won Berlin and Milwaukee all before I got, I mean, I had one, uh, Kona Red, which is like a Hawaii sponsor. I had a good connection with them. But other than that, just nothing. And that's nothing coming in outside of it, outside of volleyball. And then um, I just realized I have to like fully invest in like learning this marketing side of it, how the business of beach volleyball works. I'm still trying to learn it, but I'm like a lot further along and better off than I was years ago. And for you to come in with that knowledge a little more so and like you said, you like kind of learned how sponsorships work and right. stuff before you came. Right. So I think that's a huge advantage to you, especially because you can play this sport for a long time. Right. So having think, that is yeah. good. Yeah. I think too, getting to be a little bit behind the scenes, I got to appreciate more as an athlete, like how much goes into planning a season yeah. and all of that. And um, yeah, but I feel lucky to have gotten to do both. It's easy to throw out ideas and stuff too when you're like a player from the outside or a fan where you're just like, I have an idea. It's simple. But then when you're behind the scenes hearing the meetings and talking with the the, the AVP or whoever it is, whatever tour, uh, USA Volleyball or FIVB, you're like, oh, so it's a lot more complicated than we thought it was. Yeah. And you guys have been thinking about all these ideas. It's just not possible. Yeah, that's why, like, when the schedule comes out and everyone's just like, oh, we haven't had a tournament here in so long, or why are they doing it? You know, why can't they just play nice with the NVL when the NVL was around or, you know, cooperate with the FIVB but there's so many moving pieces that like fans have no idea Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that's probably been kind of good for you to see that side we're just like I can't really complain because it's really hard to put all this stuff together totally yeah do you still pursue some of the digital marketing stuff because I feel like I mean you studied it so that's obviously a big passion of yours and volleyball is too so do you still have that like on the side right yeah I um I've in the past I've had a couple freelance digital marketing jobs I have one right now but um it's definitely nice to have that supplemental income. Uh, but I do know, like, once I'm done playing, I want to pursue that further. Nice. Um, yeah. So. What is the other one? Uh, what um, is the freelance stuff you're doing? Um, I work for this company, Zervana Brand. It's kind of like a athletic type of um, clothing line that helps with posture and, you know, hip support. Oh, is that, is that like uh, the bikinis you guys wear? 
No. Is that part of it? No, no? It's, a, it's a different thing. Oh, okay. It's kind of like Intel skin, but it's actually wearable. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've worn Intel skin a bunch, but like my armpits, everything just right. starts like chafing after a few hours. I'm like, oh, this is worse than just the pain of like never heard of bad posture. It? Intelliskin? Yeah. It just pulls you. It's supposed to pull you into good posture. As I said, sure. <laughs> yeah, we're all <laughs> hunched over. Oh, you mean like this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool, though. Yeah. And now you, you've made a couple of websites, right? One was um, Athletes Abroad. I oh, think. yeah. I did that uh, for a little bit with uh, Rachel Adams. She's one of the women on the indoor national team. And we kind of started that together. We always had kind of connected well on. Twitter, kind of funny enough, but, uh, and then we both had the same idea and we, you know, ran with it, but then we all kind of got busy. She was going to the Olympics and then I was pursuing Beachmore, but it was, I mean, I think it's still a great idea of like being able to connect all these different people in different sports across the world and just seeing like the lifestyle of it. Cause you know, it's not all, (laughs) it's not all great. Right. Like people would think, Oh, you're, Oh, you're living in Italy and, uh, playing a sport professionally. Yeah. But I don't really see the light of day. I'm in the gym all day. <laughs> don't get paid as much as I'd like to be. They sometimes they'll give you a car. I mean, right. depending on what your contract is. But yeah, it's not all that pretty uh, playing indoors overseas, and it's really bad for some people. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool idea, though. Just what? Because I knew that it seemed like it kind of stopped around like 2016 or so. But mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool just having um, just athletes being able to connect in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, now you guys, we, we mentioned the, the bikinis that you guys wear, which oh, yeah. I mean, the, the best bikini game or board short game on the beach, I think, um, you guys have what the tacos were yeah, one. That was for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That's a good we, call. Uh, one of my sponsors is gold sheep and oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. their whole motto is like, don't be the black sheep, be the gold sheep stand out. So they have very vibrant out there prints. Um, which is really fun. It was super fun this year because like we stood out and everybody would come up to us and be like, Oh my gosh, like those patterns of suits sometimes like, I mean, I love them, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun to wear. Yeah. How did they, I, like I meant to bring you, um, a dig magazine. Did you, cause you were on the cover oh, of the yes, one yeah, uh-huh. and I write for them. So they always send me like eight copies. I have mm-hmm. no idea what to do with them. Dude, give so me a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to bring you one try, but yeah, you the gold sheep landed the cover. I know. Of yeah, dig magazine. yeah. They're, they're awesome. Carrie who runs the company is so great. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for some new suits. Next season. Do you get, do you have any part in the design? Cause I think Trevor sort of designs his line with rocks or has like a say in them. Do you get to kind of have any input on what yours look like? I mean, I can, she knows the general idea of like certain patterns that I like, but for the most part they get new, you know, they each season they get new patterns and stuff. So, um, I think they have a really cute summer. I got a little sneak peek at it. So yeah. I'm excited. Do you have like any warning about what you're about to wear until you open the box and you're just like, Man, I gotta wear it because I know, like, sometimes with golfers, you know, they don't really have a choice in what they wear. Right. And there's sometimes like they'll be like, "I really gotta wear this." <laughs> is that <laughs> is that the case for Ricky Fowler? <laughs> like, really well, Rick, bright orange Ricky again? Lo- Ricky loves the orange. <laughs> no, I'm sure he but, does. Uh, well, but yeah, I think if you kind of but look how much he stands out. That's then, that's the idea. But it was funny because I remember one time we were wearing this like super bright striped pattern, and. Benny would be pulled. She's like, I'm too bright. Like the team can see what I'm doing. Oh like, I'm just, I don't, I stand out, you know, it you might be overthinking it. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, that it was funny. funny yeah. And now you guys have had a, a partnership. I think it's like you guys and the Bombrins are the two longest partnerships. On um, and, the then Betsy and, and then Kelly, Betsy and yeah. Kelly have been around for a while too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huh. rare to find. And I didn't like even think every, about that. Everyone just sort of, especially after an Olympic year. So right. there's always that, that shuffle. Um, so, I mean, how valuable is it to have that chemistry? It's, it's, it's not something you find all yeah, the time. Yeah, no, it's, I think Benny and I, what was great about playing together was we always were on the same page as far as like what our goals were for the season. And each season that we played together, we did progressively better and better. And so we're like, why break what's not broken, you know? And it, we always, we had a great balance too. Like she was kind of like fiery and brought a lot of energy and I was a little bit more calm and collected. So it was nice to have that balance, and um, yeah, but we started playing together. It was both of our first season on the tour, and we had, both of our partners had left us at the same time, and then we were kind of scrambling last minute to find a partner for the Manhattan Beach Open, and then we got connected, and we had like our best finish ever, seventh at the time, and so we're like, hey, let's keep doing this, and then it yeah. just, you know, it worked out, and it 
you know, I loved playing with Benny. And I think it's kind of funny, too, that because um, you guys partnered up after she had knocked you and Sarah out the tournament oh, before. Yeah. Yep. And, then <laughs> <laughs> and then she played with Sarah the next one, but I didn't play in that tournament. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then she then scooped played, you up. Yeah. Gotcha. It's funny how it works out. Just partnership changes. Yeah. Oh, you never know. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, the men's side this year was. I'm like trying to like I catch up, up with everyone. Yeah. It, it, it's for men. The men don't change quite as much as the women. I feel like right. Right. But this year, I think the men uh, may have taken the cake. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna pause there for a quick word from our sponsors, Marriott Vacation Club Rentals. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. You mentioned that like when you were getting into volleyball, you started working for the AVP without really thinking that you were going to be playing on the AVP. At what point did you think that the volleyball was going to overtake the digital marketing marketing side of things? Let's see. I mean, you know, Benny's in my first season together. We, I think it was, actually, no, it was the second. It was start of our second season, and it was the first tournament of the season in New Orleans. And we ended up getting a third, which was another best of ours and yeah I just kind of um I wanted to be able to devote more time to volleyball knowing like I could take this further and I have like even even us doing better like my goals obviously went up and you know I didn't want to take away from the job either or you know not be able to give my full time to them knowing like they deserve that and etc so kind of like at that start of our second season was this the point when I was like hey my goals are higher right and you guys love New Orleans you had that third and then what the next year you took a a second second, right and you basically just had to swim to the courts super good probably (laughs) super good after parties I'm guessing (laughs) we we didn't do that but uh (laughs) but it was fun because I I know for me I'm the type of player humidity and that type of weather I do not do well with and so Benny and I would go early to New Orleans because she went to LSU so we had a lot of connections to be able to practice in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans and stuff so I would go we'd get there like five days before the event and just and I would acclimate and so that definitely helped a lot and we did the same thing in Austin this past year and had a friend that we stayed with in Austin and was able to acclimate there too yeah it does have a big advantage I think Hayden and I were probably the worst on tour because Hayden could care less about acclimating he wants to spend as much time at home with his family as possible like all the everyone would leave here we'd have no one to practice with because we're leaving like we're arriving right the night before the tournament just to like hang out more with whatever at home right and everyone else would be there for like two or three days i'm like you guys are gone already like we still need to practice we need like teams to practice against here in cali and it makes sense but we're also used to the fivb world tour so we're like oh screw it traveling around the u.s is nothing compared to like going to europe and stuff but like you said like acclimating is like as a like not having uh, been on a plane the day before is like such a big advantage and too like i mean we're so used to perfect weather out here too that like playing in the rain is so different and it's because i I know that casey patterson was so mad at all the new orleans tournaments (laughs) um because it was just like the worst weather and you guys balled out in, in both of them. Was 2016 New Orleans your first final? Uh, no, I think it was 2015. It was uh, Cincinnati. Okay. Yes, that was our Oh, yeah, final. that was uh, me and John made the finals too there. Mm-hmm. I remember. And you played Betsy and Kelly? Yes, we did. Okay. And I guess take us through that first finals experience and what, what that was like. Was that kind of one of those sort of light bulb moments you were like, 
I could be pretty good at this thing. Like, here I am in the finals of the domestic volleyball tour. Right. We, I mean, I remember that tournament pretty vividly, and Benny and I were just flowing. Like, all the matches leading up to the finals, you know, the balls were just in the right spot, going our way, et cetera. And then we make it to the finals, and I'm, like, obviously stoked. And I'm thinking, like, oh, I got this. Like, calm and collected, no problem. And then you get on the stadium or on that court and and my heart was just racing and I was like it I mean first time jitters of course and you know the it wasn't I remember it wasn't my best match but at the same time it was a really good learning experience and the second time we were in the finals then was um yes in New Orleans the next season and it was another close match it was kind of weird playing conditions it was super windy cold um and then finally our third time was when we played April and Carrie in Huntington and that was like the first match in the finals where I was like feeling really confident. And unfortunately, you know, they're they were a really good team, Playing but for the yeah, best teams yeah. In history. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, it was each time has you know I've felt myself learning more, becoming more confident, and that just goes with any match I play, any tournament I play. The more I'm playing, the more confident I'm getting. And you so mentioned that. that you and Benny were just flowing in Cincinnati, and I think each player like something goes really well, or or kind of has that whatever skill it may be like something's going really well like for me if I'm passing well then that helps the rest of my game so what is it that sort of triggers that kind of flow state for you um it's hard to it's hard to pick one point or like one skill per se but um passing is huge and I think for me too serving because um if I'm kind of feeling it on my jump serve then my attack is usually in rhythm too because that kind of yeah like one thing can put another thing into rhythm for you right and and maybe that thing that initial thing maybe yeah this tournament my serve was on and it was transferring into the my flow attacking like you're saying Mm -hmm. but then another tournament's my passing that's turning into a flow on my defense or something right um or even passing and having so much control of your pass that you feel like you can run any kind of offense you want so it opens up your offense even more and now you've made four finals Mm -hmm have yet to win one. Mm-hmm. Is there any pressure on you to win one? Like, do you put any pressure on yourself? Like at some point it's, it's got to happen or do you just kind of take it as it is? Like you're getting there and at some point, like you will win that match. Cause I think two of your finals have gone to three. I know mm-hmm. the one in new Orleans was pretty epic. Right. Yeah. I, um, it's, it, what was great for Benny and I, this last season was we worked with Nicole Davis, who she used to be a, a libero on the women's indoor team. I think she has like a silver and bronze medal or something. Uh, but she, so she works very closely with Michael Gervais and they, their whole thing, you know, is like mindfulness and what she, what I learned from her this summer was kind of the bigger picture, like the perspective thing and like Back in, you know, a few seasons ago, I would lose a match like that, and I would be so distraught over it, and I would just be, like, replaying the mistakes, things I could have done, et cetera. Like, even during the match, you know, it's like you make a hitting here, and you're like, you know, dang it, like, <laughs> right. right? And and the whole mindfulness thing was a huge... And I think Benny and I, you know, before the last start of last season, we kind of talked about, all right, we've made the finals. What is the difference of, like... Obviously, you know, like, cleaning up a few things skill-wise, but... You know, those can be easy if you, like, hone in on them at practice. But, like, what is that huge difference? And we were, like, the mental game, you know. That could be the what is the difference. And we – so we would meet with Nicole, and um, one of the biggest things that I would focus on at practice and try and relay that to tournaments was, okay, I make a mistake. Instead of dwelling on the mistake, I'd say, okay, I make a hitting error. Like, okay, my – I got my feet to the ball, but my hand was a little low, you know? So it's just being mindful of, like, what worked and what do I need to do better. So taking the emotion out of it and being a little bit more practical. and like the judgment of it, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. How long did that take? Because I'm sure that that wasn't, like, a snap your fingers right, and, no. yeah, mentally I'm all there now. Yeah, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was hard at first, um, especially at practice, like, just kind of reminding yourself after every point. But um, before practice, I would write down three things I wanted to focus on, one of which was always being mindful. And then after practice, I would write a positive and a negative. So just kind of like those little reminders and small goals um, definitely helped. And I know like, you know, making the finals in Hermosa, even though we didn't win, I walked away with like a much better mindset than I had past 
tournaments and finals, just a little bit more positive and, um, you know, just appreciative of being able to even play the sport and getting there, you know. Yeah, yeah. we spend our days at the beach. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy to lose sight of that for sure. But the way I see it with making, let's say, four finals, like, I mean, for me, it's like you haven't been there before unless you've been there before, and you have now at this point. So if I'm coming up with t against a team that, let's say, has only been to two finals or one final or never been to a final, I'd much rather play that team than the team that's played in four and is like, I've been here, I haven't gotten the result I wanted. This is, in, in your mind at least, right. next time you get there, you're like, there's only one place to go. Right. There's, I already right. lost them. I only have one place to go, and, and I'm not in any way going to settle for, for right. losing it. You know, It's just like everyone you get to is even more so. And I was, I was, uh, we were going to bring that up, and I was looking at my stats of um, how many I've been to. And I've, I won three of nine AVP finals, so only one-third of them I've won. And, uh, That's a good batting. I lost. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I've lost all three of the Norseka finals I've been in, and then I've only been in one FIVB. Luckily, we won that one. But, mm -hmm. I mean, we were looking at, like, uh, Nick Lucena's uh, stats in finals before he partnered up with Phil, mm -hmm. and it was like, I mean... I think AVP, he made three finals in his first 10 years. And now you look at, yeah, like, wow. kind of surprising. You would think that it would have been a lot higher. And then now, of course, him and Phil, like, any tournament they enter, they're the massive favorites. Yeah. It's just any tournament is hard to win no matter who's playing whatever it's yeah but yeah. it's an advantage it's isn't a point like a lot right. of people look down on it a little bit more so than like wow you got to four finals not like oh you lost four finals like right. no she got to four finals <laughs> right. that's like yeah. badass and like totally gonna be able to use that going forward um but it's easy to look at it the other way around too look at trevor crab how many does he have he was four four runner-up last year i think two the year before that so he's 0 for 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ty Loomis is sitting smiling somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I'm curious about is that you guys have had so much success making four finals, and then you also sprinkle in, like, a couple random ninths. Mm -hmm. So what, what's the difference between when you guys are making a final and then, like, two weeks later, it's a, like, you have a ninth, which I'm sure that, like, at this point you're probably kind of disappointed. Right. Um, so what, what is the difference? What goes wrong in those tournaments that you don't finish as well yeah it's, it's hard to say I think um I mean the, the quality of teams in the main draw are so good and level that on any given day anybody can beat anybody you know it's like we were flowing in Cincinnati and then the next tournament you know this team's flowing and you know knocking everybody out so it's uh you know consistency is so important in this sport and momentum and um but yeah, I mean, I don't like to dwell on those ninths, but right. I do try to take away like what we could have done better um, and use that moving forward. And so what are what are the goals moving forward? Because I know that you haven't uh, made any international push, mm -hmm. which for as much as you travel, I was kind of surprised by that you might not just like say, oh, I'm going to travel and play a volleyball tournament while I'm here. Right. Or maybe you just want to just vacation travel. Like yeah, you actually want to enjoy your <laughs> trips. We all go and don't even see anything. So, um, I get, what are those goals moving forward, um, big and small? Yeah, so I, my main focus is going to be AVP, and the ultimate goal is to win a tournament. And um, the other goals behind that is, you know, to be in the top five teams at the end of the season. Um, I mean, yeah, I think those are, like, the two main – oh, and then always making it to a Sunday is ideal, too. Right. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, you've never been there unless you've been there. And the more time you spend on Sundays, the more right. you get comfortable there and expect yeah. to be there. You also had uh, – you led the AVP in Aces last year. Oh, I didn't know You didn't know that? Yeah, no. I just I checked the stats. <laughs> I checked the stats. April, stat of the day. April ended up getting uh, server of the year. Cause her I ratio was probably better. Her ratio was better because she played in less tournaments, but still – most aces That's on the cool. AVP tour. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you, um, is there, there any FIVB goals at all, or are you just AVP first? Once you get those goals, then maybe you'll sort of reconsider or look at them again and what the big picture might look like? Um, I think international is not necessarily a goal of mine for okay. now, but yeah. um, you never know. But I think um, 
yeah, AVP is the, the main focus for sure. Yeah. You prefer to just, I mean, just lifestyle-wise, because it's very different lifestyle. You prefer to just stay home and, and be in your own zone and work, um, play, be based out of your home in your own court, or, I mean... Because, yeah, playing international is a whole different lifestyle. And is, I know yeah. you know that, too. You like yeah. living out of hotels? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is that kind of the inspiration for you? Is just, like, lifestyle? Yeah, lifestyle, um, the balance and everything. Um, yeah, I think, too, financially-wise, like, it's a big investment, a lot of time. And yeah. there's other things that I am passionate about in life that I want to pursue. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've learned. It's taken a little bit of time, but I've definitely learned that balance about myself. Um, and I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of the young players, like just hearing, like just talking to young players and they don't really know what to do. And a lot of them get sucked into, which I, I'll say I was one of them. You just get sucked into the pipeline. Like USA Volleyball, it's what you do. You play for USA Volleyball and then you play for the youth national team, their junior national team, and then senior national team, uh, whether it's on the beach or whatever, you know. Uh, and then you go to the world tour or you try to get Norseka points. You go to the world tour and just climb up the pipeline but nobody really looks at it like okay let's look at this as a whole picture this is my entire life like Gina's doing she's learning stuff on the marketing side of stuff setting herself up for maybe jobs you might have down the line or learning how to create a brand for yourself and like create your own business for yourself as an athlete and stay home you don't have to go that path just because that's what everyone does and I think it's rare that players are willing to or able to like see that that that's an option Mm -hmm. and a lot of young players are just like okay i'll go on the world tour like mom dad fund me for the first three years (laughs) (laughs) and then oh i failed now what do i do or not failed but like whatever if you only make it to let's say like a number 10th ranked player on the national team you're not making that good of a living for the amount of traveling you're doing you want to be top eight to get in that stipends and and all that so yeah it's cool that you actually like have kind of a clear path of what you want yeah, it took a little while, but I, I got there. It does take a while. Doesn't that makes me feel old now? Now that I'm like talking about the younger players, I'm like these kids these days need to learn. We're still under thirty. At least we yeah. still. Yeah, I just hang around like John Hyden and Phil and Nick and them, and I just feel young again. I'm like, I'm good. They still got ten years. Yeah. Don't retire, guys. Don't retire, guys. <laughs> Actually, I do want them to retire. I lied. And now the, the AVP schedule came out. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you think of it? We have the same stops as mm-hmm. last year. So what do you think about 2018? I'm excited. I mean, I know it's still a little ways away, but it comes up way quicker than you think. But yeah, yeah I I mean, a lot, I love all the cities that we go to, and obviously having a few at home is great. And my parents get to go to a lot of them, which is really nice. Too. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. What's your favorite stop? Do you have one? Well, besides Huntington, because that's the stop. I mean, that's where I grew up yeah, playing. That's home. Um, yeah, I love Seattle. Just the the place that it's set up at on the lake, and I mean, it's such a beautiful super city. peaceful. Yes, huh? yeah. Like the forest surrounding you, and mm-hmm. you're on the lake, and the crowd. Actually, I only went. I missed last year, obviously, um, but the crowd was was decent. It's it mm-hmm. a small little stadium they put up, but the crowd was yeah, pretty into they it. Have, I mean, they have a good little beach volleyball community there yeah yeah i think it was probably smart of them too to kind of not have a manhattan beach size stadium for it because when you looked on tv yeah. it looked it was packed because mm-hmm. every seat was filled so i think that was kind of smart to sort of scale the size a little bit but it looked beautiful mm-hmm. i haven't this will be the first year that i probably traveled at every stop because this will be the first year i probably expect to make it out of a qualifier <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's I'm go for yeah. seattle i hear that new york is beautiful too it is there's a little bit of a depth perception weird that's a on. whole different right. kind of beautiful yeah. you're looking at like the forest and the lake in the background and then like just straight concrete jungle yeah. New York but both cool right yeah uh, we're gonna pause one more time for a quick word from our sponsors and then we might get into some mean fan questions oh yes <laughs> perfect you're listening to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. 
Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, Genia Rango's home. Choose the, to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all the comforts of home, including full kitchen, living, and dining areas, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. Shoots. Shoots. All right, we have our last section, as always, to the fan questions. Um, you guys are getting kind of mean here on the fan questions. Yeah, I was here. cracking up on these questions. <laughs> we keep having to uh, edit more and more out. I don't know. Can't we just edit, like... Oh, no, we don't guys, need to like edit. the holiday season. No, I'll put it out there. Um, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. There were some funny ones for Phil, because we, we have Phil coming in uh, in a little bit, and he, he had some hilarious Yeah, someone wants him to, blocking. like... We can we can talk about it on that one, but he want, they wanted Phil to like put his hands in front of his face and block like like a chicken wing block, like chicken wing, of. like with his armpits. I That's don't know. Weird. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, so Gina, we have uh, we have some questions for you. This one is from Green Pier. So Durango, why don't you team up with the boss Ross? Both grads of the same school and both hate Stanford and Cary. Hate's a strong word. Yeah. So you're both grads from the same school. Jeez. Yes, <laughs> we'll leave that, it at that. that is true. Well, hate Stanford, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I can hate Stanford. Different. I don't know about hate, but and yeah. April just teams up with some Stanford, so I think her animosity towards right. the Cardinals is probably pretty low yeah. right. at this point. Yeah. That's more like that college rivalry thing where you kind of fades after you leave. Yeah, so like, I mean, have you ever thought about trying to team up with April at any point? No, um, just because I know that at the caliber that she's at and like her goals... So, and, you know, we talked about it just a little bit ago. Like, my goals don't really align with that. So, it doesn't make sense. Plus, like, she's trying to be, you know, a full-time defender. And there's no way you want me blocking. <laughs> so. Well, have you ever split blocked before? Because you played, you played with Sarah in a qualifier. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done some split blocking? I mean, barely. But yeah. you know those blow-up dolls at car dealerships? That's what I look like <laughs> when I play. <laughs> so, it's just not... I just... Pull 90% of the time. A lot of feeling. Yeah, anyway. That was like, that's, you and Angela were, I mean, Angela was pulling half the time too. Right, yeah. But I mean, it was, yeah, I'm way better just back block. You're going to stay playing defense. We'll just just put it there. I'm the opposite. Anytime I'm on defense, I'm like, if you don't hit it directly at me, it's not getting dug. (laughs) Anyone who swings at me is kind of dumb because like a shot, I'm usually going to guess the wrong direction. So, (laughs) So just put me at the net and let me just, uh, talk good to know <laughs> yeah um so we have a nicer one uh no hate involved in this question uh how often do fans give you advice i'm sure that this is actually probably kind of often for how like close the fans are to the courts especially like the non-stadium courts do you ever get like, i guess fans, on social media too just offering advice yeah i mean i wouldn't say during a match People don't really say. No, yeah. It's more, more so just like cheering, you know, words of encouragement. That would probably wouldn't be very appropriate. Right. If right. they were, it'd be pretty annoying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you need, you need to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I can't say I've ever had really fans give me advice, but I definitely have gotten quite a few uh, messages, you know, on Instagram or whatever social media platform, and it's just more so like support um, for the tournaments, wishing us good luck, et cetera. So that's always nice to see and get. Yeah, it's funny. When my, my brother visited, and so he, he doesn't know anything about beach volleyball, and he came out to the Manhattan Beach Open qualifier, and I remember, like, I hit I hit a shot, and they, you know, against Derek Olson, and I guess they, like, had a dive or something. It was directly in Derek's lap. And then, like, a couple minutes later, we had a timeout. My brother was like, why don't you hit it away from the defender? <laughs> I was like, well, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so, like, I feel like people probably get messages like that a lot. Against someone who, like, doesn't really understand the game. They're just like, well, why don't you just serve it down the line every time? Yeah, and just get me. that's true. No, I've, <laughs> I've heard, like, stuff like that where it's just super simple. Like, uh, uh, you served a short serve and you got an ace. Why didn't you do that throughout the whole match? Like, you should have just kept doing it. Because it worked. I'm like, that short serve worked because I only did it once. Right. <laughs> like They weren't expecting it. If I go and do it every time, now they're stepping up to a free ball. And if they're a good team, they're going to put it up on two. And I'm not even going to be at the net yet to block. So that's why I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now we have, uh, let's see, what's the one thing in volleyball and in life you worked on most during the offseason? 
Volleyball and life. Volleyball and life. Yeah, this is this is kind of existential. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's deep. I don't know. Like I think I'd mentioned it before too, but kind of like the passion for the sport, um, separating myself a little bit, but then also keeping my toes in the sand and having fun, um, and just balance always. Balance in life is so important for me. You feel like sometimes like. Like for you and I, we played through highest level high school, college, even professional now. It's like our sport kind of raised us in a lot of ways. Like a lot of the stuff we're learning, how to deal with partners, how to deal with a lot of our relationships and and how we're going to go about our lives in our next careers after being an athlete. Like without sports, we wouldn't have known anything, I feel like, right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy how that works. How difficult is it for you to maintain that balance of just relaxing and also pushing to be the best you can be to be in that top five that you talked about and winning that tournament that you talked about? Um, I, I find it, for me, it's pretty easy. It's probably gotten easier over the it years. Ha- yeah, it has gotten a lot easier over the years. And um, knowing when I'm on the court, like I'm obviously like focused 100% all the time and stuff. But um, And then, you know, off the court, I try to not like think too much about volleyball, but I do separate time aside to, you know, write in my journal, write down goals, meditate, you know, mindfulness meditation, stuff like that. So, yeah. Do you listen to, uh, the Gervais podcast? I know you mentioned him earlier yes. know, cause he yeah. always talks about like the journaling and yes, all that yeah. stuff that you just talked about. I feel like he's probably, he's like a really popular podcast in the beach community, probably just the sports community. He's kind of him and his people, like you said, um, mm-hmm. what's her name? Nicole Davis. Nicole Davis. Yeah. They're, they're like, they've actually like had a pretty big reach in the volleyball community. I'm hearing like a lot of people that have either, I mean, I listen to the podcast all the time. I've worked with people um, that are connected with him as well. A lot of, there's a lot of players that are tapping into this mindfulness Mm -hmm. and this, this whole deeper side of things and trying to, trying to get more out of being a professional athlete. And it's pretty cool. And it shows where uh, the sport's going. I think it's only going to get better and more advanced because the players are taking it to these next levels. Yeah. I feel like each one of our shows is like an advertisement for the Gervais <laughs> podcast. Everyone talks yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, throw some money, Mike. <laughs> yeah. um, this one's an, another mean one, really kind of directed at me. It's how happy are you not to be a circus freak, aka left-handed? Yeah, what? Which I take, <laughs> what? I take pride in being lefty. <laughs> I would. I wish. Well, I'm actually left-handed. I write left-handed, really? and I should have been left-handed. But when I was really young. I guess my dad, I was playing catch with my dad and my dad didn't even think, and he's like, stupid, but I was like, no, throw with your right. Yeah. And so everything overhand is right. And then everything I do underhand is left. Like I play tennis, left-handed, bowl, left-handed, Weird. right, left-handed. But I That's mean, kind of it's incredible. a huge advantage to be left-handed in the sport because it's so uncommon. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like I'll get certain partners that I wouldn't get just because I play left-handed and yeah. now you have that added option. It's just about having both. So being tall and left-handed is, is a super bonus. I think it's a, <laughs> I think I like it. I think it's awesome, actually. Yeah. So yeah, let's see. That was uh, hustle slowly. I'm I'm happy to be <laughs> hustle circus freak left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> the freak. Uh, let's see. So there is, of course, Volley Talks Greatest Troll guest two. <laughs> never he never asks a nice question. So he or she. And uh, he or she. This is true. Um, just asking about the, the reputation of partiers on tour. And do you think it's, it's fair to, to label you as one of the bigger partiers? And if that's like just accepted on tour. Is myself being one of the bigger partiers? Well, yeah. I wonder according where to guess too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I two. mean, I, I obviously love to have a good time and I, my whole thing is like 80, 20 balance and, you know, putting in, 80% of my time invested into my sport and my profession and then 20% enjoying life. And yes, of course, like, you know, I'm still young. I'm in my twenties. When I go and travel to these tournaments, especially if I don't make it to Sunday, I'm not going to sit in my hotel room, you know, and think about, Oh, you know, all the things that could have, I could have done better. I'm going to go like, Hey, I'm in an amazing city. I'm with a bunch of friends here too. Like I'm going to go enjoy and have fun. Um, but I mean, I, I've learned a lot about myself and I know like if I'm going to have fun like that, I've got to push myself even harder in the sand, in the gym, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I just, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest party. <laughs> yeah, anymore, no, I, I mean, from my right. perspective, I'm, I'm at every tournament too. And it's, 
you're just one of many who <laughs> chooses to go out and enjoy them. There's some people who are older and have families and just they just don't feel like going out anymore. They right. just like want to go back to their hotel room and watch TV. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're like studying or sulking. Or some guys are probably reading books, but a lot of the younger crowd obviously is going to be going out and having fun that, that night. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you're not going out often because you're making Sundays and right. then by Sunday night your flights you probably already have to get on the plane or everyone's gone but I mean I'm I personally wouldn't see you as the partier on tour I'd say no. you're just one of the players who comes out and socializes yeah and it's, it's not like you say you get knocked out in the quarters it's not like you're gonna be like okay we need to train right now right. like yeah. yeah I think you're allowed to go out in Chicago there are people there are there have trains. been people out there that have taken it too far Definitely further than where I would take it, right. but uh, and who uh, are in it for the lifestyle part of it. But also, there's people who maybe qualified for their first main draw and are just so stoked that they're celebrating like they won the tournament because they made a main draw, which is really hard to do. Which we'll, you'll learn about if you read Travis's book coming out and whenever that comes out. Whenever it comes out, it, uh, <laughs> it's coming out. So you wrote the forward. So Try did oh, write yeah. the forward for the book that I learned how to write in 2018. It's the plan. Yes. Um, but like, and two, like partying's always been a part of the culture. Like partying was, was part of the culture. That started before, our sport yeah. kind of, right? That was like the original. So it gets kind of a, a bad rap. Like even in the golden era, you know, quote unquote, like the only guys who didn't were like the top four once the real money got involved and then everyone else was like, yeah, I'm, I'm very content being hung over in fifth place. <laughs> and there was like the brand that like sponsors, like at some, I mean, sometimes the sponsors are putting on these events. So like, like you have to show up to the bar because it's the sponsor that's, that's uh, hosting the party yeah. and they want their player there. If Cuervo is your main sponsor, you might have a drink or two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You kind of have to. I mean, even if, it's, if you're playing the next day, you don't have to. Just like put water in a cup and say it's Cuervo or something. I don't know. But yeah. a lot of times you're kind of obligated. And it used to be like you had to party or else you weren't going to like get any sponsors or like fit in at all that was like the culture of it now it's different but especially because they didn't really have social media then so you had to show your face yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's true yeah and now what's the the biggest thing that you're working on this offseason skill wise what do you hope to to improve upon before the 2018 season um i mean i'm always trying to work on passing and attacking for me too i want to be a little bit more consistent um instead of like necessarily going in with the mindset of I have to get a kill every time I go up to swing. Like, hey, just make the smart shot, put them in a bad position, you know, to have to make a, a hard defensive play. Um, but yeah, I think those are like my top two. Yeah. And now where can we, our listeners, find you on social media uh, and around the internet? Yeah, you can find me on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Urango, U-R-A-N-G-O. Pretty simple. All nice. right. Anything, anything that we, you want to add? Anything that you wish we would have asked you? No, this was awesome. I had a great time. Yeah, fun hanging yeah. out with Hell another yeah. pair of Trojans. I'm like, so I'm becoming I'm like USC fan. I'm running out of Trojans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on, Miss Gina Urango. Thank you. And we will uh, we'll catch you guys next week on Sandcast. Thanks. Thanks.